Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. I love the absolute honesty of children. We are exploring a series from the Ten Commandments, uh, what the people of Israel described as the Ten Words, uh, the words God spoke at Mount Sinai to the people of Israel after He delivered them from Egypt. Words that we have been exploring against the backdrop of marriage, a wedding ceremony, the vows that a husband and a wife speak to one another. Because you see, marriage is one of the images that Scripture uses to describe our relationship with God. In the Old Testament, God is often described as the husband, wooing, pursuing the people of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I will be your God, God's vow of commitment uh, to faithfulness. I will be your God, and you will be my people. In the New Testament, Jesus is described as the bridegroom. We as the church the body of Christ, are described as the bride. And so this incredibly beautiful image that speaks to intimacy in our relationship with God and that certainly calls us to be a people of faithfulness just as God is faithful to us. And the first four words that we have already explored are words that speak specifically to our relationship with God. And so by way of reminder, rule number one, God alone. Rule number two, image matters. Rule number three, wear my name with honor. Hallow my name in all the earth. Rule number four, breathe. The Sabbath principle, the principle of rest and renewal and recreation that we looked at last Sunday. Our relationship with God is always at the heart of these 10 words. What it means to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. And now beginning today, we step into the other six principles where the focus is on our relationship with others, and yet we'll also discover that our devotion to God is still at the heart of all of that because how we love God is so often played out in how we love and treat other people. And it begins this way. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That is a specific word to children, honor your father and your mother. But as we flesh out that principle, I want us to include other words in the Old Testament that speak to the overall relationship between parents and children. And as I read these words that you know well, I want you to notice the emphasis God gives to the culture that he wanted the people of Israel to embrace, the culture that I believe he wants us to embrace, a culture where faith is formed, where faith is passed from generation to generation to generation. And so from Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses speaking to the people of Israel, these are the commands, the decrees, and the laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. 
And then the words we often refer to as the Shema, uh, the word for hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And then one paragraph from the New Testament. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As we've attempted to put titles uh, on the sermons during this series, we have titled this fifth rule, Community Matters. Because what I hope you hear me say, what you hear me emphasize this morning is the significant role that all of us play in the spiritual formation of others and the significant role that all of us play as we honor and we care for each other from generation to generation. So let me briefly come at this principle from three perspectives. Perspective number one, uh, the role of parents the importance of parents teaching their children, living out their faith in everyday life in natural ways per a Deuteronomy 6. When you get up in the morning, when you walk along the road, when you sit down together at dinner in natural ways that create a culture where God is honored, where we wear the name of God, and hopefully you see how all of these commands are interrelated to one another. Wear the name of God with honor, where we hallow the name of God in all that we say and do. Uh, Debbie and I are the parents of three children and now six grandchildren. And both of us would very quickly say that one of the greatest joys and one of the greatest challenges in our 47 years of marriage has been this role of being a parent. We didn't do it perfectly. If we had it to do over again, no doubt we would do a lot of things differently, but we are incredibly grateful for our three children, and for the relationship that we share with them. Obviously, those of you who can identify with where we are life station-wise recognize that the relationship changes as your children grow older. Hopefully, you begin relating to your children, not just as your children, but as adults in their own right as well. But nonetheless, you're still a parent. You still worry about them. You want what is best for them. You pray for them. Uh, today's message is not a message on parenting, but I do believe this principle, honor your father and your mother, should cause us to reflect for a moment on words like Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 4, the role that we as parents and grandparents play in the growth and development of our children, especially their spiritual development. In a culture where children are often neglected and abused even by their parents, to remind those of us who are parents and grandparents of the high standard to which God calls us. And so I leave us again with the words of Scripture, but I want the words to sink deeply into our hearts. Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Parents, create the kind of culture in your family where conversations about God and His creation, where conversations about the principles of God 
are a natural part of who you are and what your family is about, where faith is passed from generation to generation to generation. Perspective number two, the importance of children honoring their parents. There's obviously much to be said about the relationship between children and parents, no matter what our ages are. I hope and I pray that your relationship with your parents and your relationship with your children, if you have children, I pray that those are good relationships. And yet we also acknowledge that we live in a broken world uh, where young people are often rebellious and choose to go in paths that their parents would have never desired for them. And there are parents who abuse their children physically and emotionally. And so hear me carefully as we explore this principle. We don't honor abuse. We don't honor rebellion. We grieve over the brokenness in our world. We don't hold up rebellion or abuse as, as role models. But I do want us to hear the significance of this principle. You see, to the Israelites who were preparing to form a new nation, they're getting ready to move into the land of promise. I will be your God and you will be my people, God says. To the Israelites, this command, honor your father and mother, was so important, was so foundational for creating a good society, a good culture, that it appears first among all of the commandments related to how we live in relation with other folks. It's important to talk about children honoring their parents no matter what the age is of the children or the parents. But I think as you look at the Old Testament and you watch this principle being lived out in the Old Testament, what you'll discover quickly is that, is that this command in its historical context was about much more than just obeying your parents. It was about how each generation was challenged to care for those who had come before them. And so in many respects, the focus of attention in this principle is the treatment of elderly parents by their adult children. And I think we see that in the ministry of Jesus. In fact, on one occasion, Matthew 15 and its parallels in the Gospels, there is controversy between Jesus and the Pharisees regarding a whole variety of things, but Jesus will speak specifically to those who were leaving their parents destitute with the excuse being that the resources I would have used to care for my parents are resources that I'm giving to God. In the process, Jesus says, you're not honoring your parents in fact, you're nullifying the very Word of God. And so the importance of love and honor and respect and care for our parents, especially as they grow older. And as I think about folks I've known through the years, I can think of beautiful examples of how that's been lived out, and we'll hear some testimony regarding that in just a few moments. Many times, even folks moving their parents into their homes during the last few years of their parents' life, sometimes caring for aging parents for years, Many of us have seen this principle lived out in such beautiful, intimate ways in the Luft family over the last few weeks as Sue battled cancer. I could say so much more, but I want you to see this principle in the context of the larger faith community. Because you see, Israel regarded disobedience or dishonor to parents as a social offense, calling for a community response because it affected the entire community. For example, in the story of the prodigal son, when the son asked his father for his share of the inheritance, it was as if he was saying, Dad, you're as good as dead to me, but it affected not only the father, it affected the entire community. He brought shame on the entire community. 
And the flip side of that is that parable unfolds is when he returned home, it's not just the family celebrating, it's the entire community. And so I want us to see this principle in light of a third perspective. What I really want to emphasize today is the importance of the larger faith community being a part of this spiritual formation process. God created us for community, including our families, but also including so many other intergenerational relationships in our lives. I think if you read Deuteronomy 6 carefully, you will see that it's inherent in the language, not only just an emphasis on parents, but an emphasis on the larger faith community as they live life together. Obviously, very much a part of Jewish life Jewish history, extended family who shared life together, and even the villages who shared life together. We live in such an individualized culture where we don't see it in the same ways, even though in other parts of the world you'll see families living together almost in the same family compound, villages that are again sharing life together. And so, again, the importance of the larger faith community, which is one reason in my judgment why God created the church. There are incredible blessings wrapped into the generations that are represented in a church family. We're a large church, and sometimes it's challenging for us to relate and engage in life with one another simply because we're a large church. But the beauty of those generations rubbing shoulders together, passing faith from generation to generation, mentoring one another, modeling faith, and I want us to keep that image before us as we reflect on this principle. Let me offer a couple of examples. In Romans 16, Paul extends greetings to a number of folks, including a guy named Rufus and his mother, whom Paul says has been a mother to me as well. I think about men and women who've been a part of churches where Debbie and I have lived through the years who have been like parents and grandparents to our kids. Uh, Just recently, a close friend in Kentucky where we did ministry for a number of years, uh, she passed away at age 69. She was like a second mother to our daughter. And the honor goes in both directions because in the last few weeks of her life, as she battled cancer, Jennifer would travel from Chicago to Kentucky to help care for her. I think about our annual Family Commitment Sunday at Monterey where we honor and bless families where children have arrived during the previous year. But if you've been a part of those gatherings, you know we don't just extend a challenge to parents. We talk about the entire faith community being a part of the lives of those children. I think about teenagers at Monterey who are connected with our youth ministry where for some of those young people, their parents are not a part of this church, perhaps not even connected with a church at all. And so the importance of adults stepping into their lives and mentoring and modeling faith. I think about college students, many of them attending college in a different community from where they grew up. All of those transitions that are taking place in their lives, maybe away from home for the first time, significant transitions. And so the importance of a church community. In fact, in just a few weeks, There'll be tons of college students who'll be coming to Lubbock to attend Texas Tech or LCU or one of the other colleges in our community. Some of them will check out Monterey. The question is, are we willing to step into their lives? Are we willing to step into the gap and be present in their lives? The value of the larger faith community, generations loving and caring and modeling faith. And you guys know me well enough to know that I could talk all day 
But there's always value in us hearing from other folks who've walked some of these paths as well. And so I'm going to invite Denise McNeil and Kyle and Stephanie Phillips to join me on the stage because I want you to hear part of their stories. So if you guys will come ahead. When I think about folks who demonstrate what it means to honor their parents, there are a lot of folks who come to mind, but Denise is right at the top of my list and appreciate her being willing to share with us this morning. And so why don't we simply begin? Some of these folks would have known your mom who passed away about a year ago and your dad who just turned 90. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about your parents and uh, about uh, the family in which you grew up. Well, it's easy to talk about my mom and dad. <clears throat> they were my first and my best friends. Um, if you ever know um, or had the privilege of knowing my mom and, of course, my dad, they are wonderful people. So um, I'll start out just telling a little bit about my history. My dad was in the Air Force the first part of my life, and so we moved around quite a bit. But that really bonded our family um, because we didn't know anybody, usually where we were moving to, so it was just my, the four of us. So we would really get to know each other, of course, and hang on to each other until we kind of established roots in that place that we were living. And part of that, I'm going to tag on to what Barry talked about, the church family. Um, our church family was very important to us because we, didn't, we weren't close um, in proximity to our blood family. So our church family was our family. That was um, my grandparents, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, because we didn't ever live close to them um, growing up. So our church family was very important to us. And so we really um, invested ourselves into our church family, and that became very important to us. My relationship with my parents was always really good. Um, they were great listeners. They listened to all my stuff. Um, and I was a sharer, as you can imagine, um, of all my stuff. And so I liked to share all the nitty-gritty details, and they would listen to all the nitty-gritty details. Um, they loved me enough to give me boundaries and to enforce those boundaries. Um, my parents have a fun sense of humor, and they um, use that every single day. Um, they're great communicators, and they encouraged open communication. Um, that allowed me, of course, to share all the nitty-gritty details. But they also would um, share communication with me even when my dad went to Vietnam. We found a way to communicate back in the day with cassette tapes. And I can remember doing cassette tapes with my sister and my mom and I and sending that to my dad. My dad would send cassette tapes back to us and back in the day when you didn't have cell phones and it wasn't as easy to do long distance. So um, we found ways to communicate with each other even in those times. Um, when we had big decisions to make, we would sit down as a family and talk about if we're moving to a new place, what that's gonna look like as a family. We always um, had lots of good communication with each other. And of course, prayer was a vital part of our family. We always, always had time for prayer and included that in our family. Good. So a great family experience, parents obviously who loved you and cared for you deeply, but let's talk about the other side of the coin. Uh, this principle says honor your parents, and uh, uh, as your parents have grown uh, older, uh, as you have grown older, you're still young, but uh, uh, what, what, is, what does honor your parents mean to you, and how have you tried to live that out? Well, I'm thinking about that question. Um, I kind of thought about how, you know, we have different life stations, and you talked about that. Um, I think we have different life stations. When, like when we're children, we listen and we obey. Then when we become teenagers, um, it kind of turns in more to a respect 
and we try to honor our parents with our actions and our words as we honor them with at the family name and just being aware of who we are in that family and honoring that family. Then we become adults and parents ourselves. And a lot of times that we, we honor our parents by how we teach our children. And we teach them to honor our parents and we include our parents, we love our parents, we care for them um, and, and show respect in that way. But now in this part of my life, after losing my mom, um, I, I'm trying to find ways in how to honor my dad. Um, and so. I find that I, I listen to him. I listen to him in conversations. I, I, I have conversations with him in, in, in really meaningful conversations. I, I try to really ask him how he's feeling, not just physically, but emotionally. You know, just really listening to him and talking with him and allowing him to give me all the nitty-gritty details that he listened to all those years in my growing up. Um, having a, just investing in him, being there for him. Um, just as much as possible. You know, I've, I've invited him to come live with us, and he said no, he would never do that to his kids. He would never come live with them. And so um, he's content where he is and what he's doing, and I'm thankful that physically he can do that. But um, I try to be a part of his life and, and, and continue to um, have that relationship with him. My parents are easy to honor because of who they are and how they live. But I know not everybody has that kind of parent. And so I encourage you that if that's, that's your case, um, pray about that. Because when I have difficult relationships in my life, that's the only thing I can do to get through that is to pray. God will work in that. He will work in your heart to help you with that um, and in that relationship so that you can get to that point to honor that person or that parent um, to pray about that. Um, showing honor to my parents for me is remembering who they are in my life helping them as they have helped me, praying for them. I pray for them every day, or my, I pray for my dad, and I know my mom's doing really good up in heaven, so. And, um, and then thanking them, just thanking them for what they've done in my life. You know, they showed Jesus to me every day. They had a consistent faith walk that um, is, it, it, it's eternally changed my life. And so for that, I am eternally grateful. Good. And, and Hopefully, again, we're all hearing the importance of, of family with the recognition, again, that uh, some of you have been blessed with incredible situations and some of you have been uh, challenged with uh, very, very difficult moments, which is, again, why I think talking about this larger faith community is so important. Denise alluded to it, even in the context of having great parents as they moved and settled into new locations. Uh, so no matter what our family background is, recognizing, again, the value of a community of faith. And I want Kyle and Stephanie to speak into that specifically uh, growing out of their college years in San Angelo. So uh, share with us what that was like. Okay, so um, Barry asked us some questions, and um, I'm going to give a little bit of background um, that I didn't give for service that will probably make what I'm about to say make more sense. Um, growing up, my parents um, divorced when I was five and got remarried and divorced quite a few times. So we went to church sometimes, sometimes we didn't. Um, I took my sisters to church sometimes. So what I'm about to say will make more sense with that information than it probably did for service. Um, so when I started college my freshman year, um, the one thing that my mom did tell me was, um, you will go to the Christian Campus Center um, at 
in San Angelo um, at Angelo State, um, which was the college ministry of Johnson Street Church of Christ. And that was the best decision that I made. Um, while I was there, it was a much larger church than I grew up in when we went to church. Um, we went to a very small, conservative, very small church. And so um, I was allowed a lot of opportunities for ministry, um, fellowship, retreats, um, and getting closer to God there. Um, a new thing that they started the first year that I was there um, was adopt a college student. Um, so those of us that were interested were paired with the family from the church. My adopted dad, um, Brian, was a minister at the church where he was in charge of Rust Street Ministries, which was the clothing closet, as well as one of the church counselors. My adopted mom, Larissa, was a stay-at-home mom at the time. Um, before that, they had been missionaries in Uruguay. Um, they chose to have me, when they committed to um, being my adopted parents, they committed to having me over for dinner every Monday night. Um, so they were an example to me because they showed me what it was like to have a family nightly meal and sit at the table and, and talk and discuss it about um, life and um, showed me what family routines look like. Um, how to spend time with your spouse because um, they had three young children at the time and so um, I got to be their babysitter and they would go out on um, dates and so I got to see what that was like, what, what it was like to still date your spouse um, and be involved with that. Um, also, um, because they were missionaries, I learned about their um, about mission work and what that was like abroad and also there in town um, since he did work for the church and it was part of the mission work there in town. Um, because of them and the Christian Campus Center, I got to experience um, mission trips to Houston as well as Mexico, as well as volunteering there in San Angelo at House of Faith, which was a local ministry in San Angelo where we did Bible studies weekly for neighborhood children. Um, when Kyle and I got married, because we met there, we met at the Christian Campus Center, so that's another reason it was good um, that I went there. Um, my adopted dad, Brian, did our pre-marriage counseling as well as our wedding ceremony. Um, we've stayed in touch, and um, we've returned to San Angelo for um, the wedding of one of their kids, and Larissa also came here and stayed with us a week when um, Nathan was sick, and so um, it was a very, uh, it was nice to have another set of parents in that situation, even though they weren't my biological parents, because they taught me lots of, of things that I was missing at home. And I hope, again, you're hearing that context, that culture of just living life and sharing faith as well as they fed her on Monday nights for four years. Yep. Kyle, tell us about your experience. So uh, going to college, uh, for me, the first year was not a great experience. Um, as an introvert, diving into a new social situation is a little terrifying, especially when you know no one at the college. And so... For my first semester, I spent most of the time going to classes, coming back to my dorm room, and that was pretty much my routine. Um, through a couple of acquaintances I met, I got involved with the Campus Center the second half of my freshman year, but it was still kind of a, I, I felt I was there, but I didn't really feel like I belonged. Uh, so the second year, uh, they started this Adopt-A-College student program, and Again, another forced social situation uh, was a little terrifying to me, and I was unsure if I wanted to do it, but it was a free nightly meal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as I thought, I can do anything for, for an hour for a free meal. So um, went over, and that was one of the best decisions I had ever made. Um, I got involved with their family. Uh, they fed me once a week, and then... Out of that, they had me over a second night uh, for games that we would play with uh, some of her family that was in town as well. Um, 
some of the things that I learned from them, um, the importance of small things. You know, offering a meal to a college student seems like a really small thing, but for me at that time, um, I was a little disconnected from my own parents, and I would find out a year later when they divorced that they were going through some things, so problems in their own life made, made them a little less involved in mine, and so having a family that gave me that sense of home, that sense of belonging, that sense that I was valued and important was, was very, I mean, it was irreplaceable at that point. Um, the, the, and then the value, and I still struggle with this at times, but the value of stepping in and being there, even when your own life may be a little chaotic. Um, I, at the time, uh, Trey was finishing up his PhD work in mathematics, so he was busy uh, outside of work. Uh, and they had three kids ranging from high school to three-year-olds. So they were, they were busy and had plenty of activities, but they still took the time to invest in me and when they didn't have to. And so the value of that, there's never a good time, and so it's important to make the time to do things like that. And so again, again, this larger context, obviously, uh, for those of us who are parents investing in our own uh, children's lives, but recognizing the incredible value. And even though they may not have said it this directly, uh, my guess would be that Kyle and Stephanie are where they are today in their own journey of faith, in their marriage, as parents, in their, in their walk with God, uh, to a large extent because of those influences in San Angelo. And obviously, Denise, because of her, her parents. You started to say? I just said absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's thank these three for sharing with us, and then I want to pray over them. I invite you guys to come on back up. I invite you guys on the uh, team to come on back up. And I hope again that we never underestimate the power of, of community, even when we don't do it perfectly, the power of community. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Father, again, for uh, community, uh, you created us for relationship, for community, and we're grateful, uh, whatever that looks like in our individual lives, uh, through our families, through friendships, and certainly through life as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Uh, we pray, God, blessings upon us. Thank you for Denise and for Kyle and Stephanie and for uh, the ways that you have worked in their lives as other people have blessed and encouraged and influenced them. And may we, in turn, be that kind of role model to others as well. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.